Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, September the 9th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, olfactory, which means of or relating to the sense of smell. Olfactory. I hope everyone will enjoy their Thursday end of the work week. It's here. It's coming. Almost there. Almost there. Been a short week, Labor Day. So that, that's a plus. I only had to push out four days as opposed to five. Uh, that's that's not too bad. That's good. That's most needed and most welcome. Uh, as the, relate, uh, the weather here in North Carolina, man, uh, we're expecting some rain, thunderstorms, uh, that tropical de- depression, the remnants of it is coming through. Uh, temperatures are mild, but it, of course, you know, it's still a little warm. It's in the 80s. And, and hey, I'll take the 80s any day as opposed to those 100 degree plus days. I just will. But of course, you know, they're saying later on uh, next week, we're going, temperatures are going to rise back up. Going to get a cold front this uh, few day, last few days. And the weekend is looking marvelous, if I could say that. It's looking marvelous. It's looking, it's looking good. Temperatures are going to be in the 80s, and they're also saying at night it may get down into the 50s. Brr. Wow. Gotta love it. It's the South. It's the South. But like I said, of course, you know and I know temperatures will rise back up once more. Man. Well, uh, wow. 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 Just wow. Um, this past weekend, we have seen a, a number of deaths due to drug overdoses. And it's drugs laced with fentanyl. Now, fentanyl is a a synthetic opioid that is 80 to 100 times more potent than morphine. Now, what's happening is they're saying the drug dealers are are, are cutting or lacing their drugs, uh, cocaine or heroin, with uh, fentanyl to keep the people, uh, the, the fiends coming back. I mean, I can't understand that business model. Why run the risk of killing your clientele, your customers, if, if I can say that? Just doesn't seem um, doesn't seem smart to me. I, I can't like I, said, I can't understand that business model. I just don't. I mean, but you know, uh, three died in Venice, California, including a well-known comedian, Fruquan Johnson, who was forty-three. His girlfriend was thirty-three, and another man, forty-eight, and one was rushed to the hospital. Still no word on, on that person. I, I believe they're they're expected to make it through. But man, that is that the high death? Like I said, that there what the police at one point in time were saying it was uh cocaine laced with fentanyl, but now they're saying it was fentanyl, I guess laced with cocaine. Man, they went straight to the fentanyl. They sweet Jesus, what in the world? Is the allure? What's going on in your life that uh, you got to ask if if you know that these what what these drugs are, are cut with or laced with, and you you know you run the the, the risk of uh, avoiding the high and just going straight to death. Why continue? What's going on in your life? You got to ask. But man, three those three and they were young. They were young, you know, 43, 33, and 48. That's not old. That's young. 
you still got the rest of your life ahead of you. What in the world is going on in your life that, like I said, you would use this drug that you know, you know what the possible outcome will be, highly likely possible outcome would be death. Then, of course, we all have heard or, or, or uh, heard about the death of the, the well-known and respected and talented actor who was 54, Michael K. Williams, who, who you may remember from The Wire, Boardwalk, Empire. And, and I personally remember remember him also from this show called Happen Leonard. I don't know what that that character he played. <laughs> Those two, they were, I don't know if they were private detectives or, or uh, bounty hunters down in, uh, I think they were in Texas somewhere, but they always, they, they certainly uh, found themselves in some awkward situations. And then on the wire, oh man, he, uh, Omar, we all know, if, if you ever watched the wire, you know Omar, that shotgun carrying dude that didn't care, coming or going, running or walking, sitting or standing. He didn't care. He was a stick-up kid. He robbed drug dealers. I guess it was some sort of a Robin Hood, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, man, he he his acting style was unmatched. It, it, it just was. It was unmatched. It, it, it was whatever he played in. You sat there and you stayed glued to the screen because you knew he was going to give 110% and then some. His acting style is it unmatched. Just was. But like I said, they found him dead uh, Monday in his uh, apartment in the kitchen. And they said there, there was flat out drug paraphernalia and uh, traces of heroin on the table. I think they're saying that was laced with fentanyl also. Man. I, I I just don't understand, and maybe it's not meant for me to understand. Maybe people do have, uh, oftentimes you hear with those that are, are, are addicted to drugs, they say they have things going on in their life or, uh, or their lives they had throughout the years, and, 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 and a drug is their outlet. But to use this drug, and, and you know, and just like I said, I think you know that it's laced with fentanyl. I, I Maybe you tried it once or twice and you got away with it, but just it just so happened you got that particular batch or dose and it took you out of here. I, I, I just don't um I I don't understand it. I, I'm just so thankful and blessed that I never got into those hard nar- narcotics. Never tried it, never wanted to. Uh, I grew up at the hype of, of, of the crack epidemic, so I saw what that did to people. People with promising lives. A lot of people uh, uh, I, I can remember as kids, they had uh, adults had careers and, and all of that went down to crapper when they picked up that crack. It just did. But now they're using th- these drugs laced with that fentanyl and man, that is taking them out of here. There's a lot. There's a lot of them that, that are using this stuff and it's taking them straight out of here. Just is. And like I said, apparently this is what the drug dealers cut their drugs with now. It's more potent than morphine. I guess it keeps the fiends coming back. I don't understand that business model. I just don't. That's just me. That's just me. All right. Let's go get it. Do you feel safe in your neighborhood? How active are gangs around you? 
Why do people join gangs? And how should Durham address the issue of gangs? Now, these are some of the questions that are asked on a uh, 10 minute online survey that was available to Durham residents back in August. And, and it's called the Comprehensive Gang Assessment 2021. Now, this is the third survey in a series, if I could say that. Apparently, they, they do this survey every uh, seven years. They did one back in 2007, 2014, and now 2021. Now, uh, the survey, of course, was taken down at the end of August, in which they were they are going to announce uh, or choose four winners at random to receive a $25 gift card. Now this survey is 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 being conducted or or put out there to um to 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 help further get gather a, an understanding and data also as it relates to gangs and the gang problem in, in Durham. Now here are some of the numbers because uh, uh, like I said in a previous podcast some time ago. Yeah, we've had an uptick in, 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 in shootings and gun violence and, and just crime in general here in, here in Durham. Although they're saying it's down in certain uh, certain the certain numbers are down for certain crimes. But man, it, it's, it's just it's crazy. It's like every day you, you hear about it. Now, what they're saying is a possible record number of people were shot last year, which would be uh, 2020. It's saying it's a possible record number, 318 to be exact compared to 189 in 2019. Also in 2019, they recorded there were uh, 1,053 incidents that involved a validated gang member as a victim or suspect. And of the of that 100, 1,053, 149 of those incidents included or involved guns. Now, data collected from this and the the previous surveys, going back to the 2014 uh, survey, helps with determining the need for, and that's the, and that's the purpose uh, for gathering this data. It it helps with determining the need for uh, law enforcement, higher police presence in certain neighborhoods, public school employees and youth services, mental health workers in school, support for those leaving jails and prison. Now, in January, uh, Durham City, City Council voted to spend $1 million to expand this program. Now, this other program they have is Bull City United, which is this, which is, uh, it helps with the city and county's violence interruption team. That's what they call it. They call it a violence interruption, interruption team, which assisted. And, and they have also are, are handing out the per paper copies because what they also found was that a lot of people didn't have access to Wi-Fi to complete this survey. Now, so so Bull City United came out and they started handing out the paper surveys to give the people to uh, to fill out so they could get, gather this data. Now, Bull City United is, is a course of uh, residents, uh, some former gang members, some people returning from jail or prison, activists, that are part of the community that are going out talking like like uh, like it said they're they're trying to interrupt or intervene with these in these communities with these gangs and the violence. It's not even the gangs, just the violence that that's out here in Durham. Now, Bull City United's been around for a minute. I I, I know for a fact. I don't know how long they've been around, but they've been around for some years. And, and yeah, they they I think they're it's an ex excellent program. I mean. 
hey, the city council, like I said, they gave one million to expand the program. And also they're using utilizing this these surveys to gather this data. Now, I'm wondering, and this is just me, I'm wondering in those previous years when they conducted this survey, was that part of that push to uh where, where that defund the police came out of? Which I can't understand. If you're staying in these neighborhoods and they're overrun with, with crime and gun violence. Why you would say defund the police? I don't know. I think that defund the police here locally in Durham was just part of that national push. It became popular. So a lot of people jumped on it because like I've said before, that, that there's no way in the world that makes sense to defund the police. It just doesn't. With here in Durham, with that possible record number of people shot last year in 2023, 318 people were shot. Compared to 189 in, in 2019, that's a huge jump. So I, I don't think defunding the police will, will help. And, and I do think that uh, that that crisis intervention specialists that they created to to go on calls where they're saying that, that you don't need a police uh, an officer there with a gun, but they they've got unarmed people going out trying to defuse situations. I'm kind of iffy on that. I just am. Uh, and, and part of my iffiness is the way it was done. I, I didn't see the need to uh, get rid of police, the jo- uh, certain jobs or, or, or teams in Durham. They got rid of those teams and replaced it with these crisis intervention specialists. Uh, that was a no for me. I, at this point, with these numbers, and, and, and I can tell you, I, I, not even thinking about the numbers, but me just being a regular old citizen, seeing things day to day, just in my travels, uh, going to work or working in, in the neighborhood, uh, defunding the police is not a, a, a valuable option. It just isn't for any reason. I'm sorry. Not here in Durham, maybe somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe it worked, but for me personally here in Durham, no, I can't defund the police. And, and I hope the, da- the data they gather from this survey reflects that. That should be one of the questions they ask on those surveys also. Do you want to defund the police? See what those citizens say that stay in these neighborhoods. Not the criminals, but the citizens. I guarantee you, when you ask those citizens, do you want to defund the police? And they stay in these crime-riddled neighborhoods where they hear gunshots all day and night. They got to eat, sleep on the floor. They're always ducking. They're always crawling around on the floor. I guarantee you they won't say defund the police. Yeah, they may say yes to some of these other uh, other uh, uh, other programs like the youth programs or whatever, what have you, or finding something for these kids to do or, or vocational training. Yeah, they they will most definitely say yes to that. But defunding? Nah, I don't think they, they'll be with that. I think that was just some political catcalling. I really do. Because I know full well, I can guarantee, like I said, guarantee you, if you ask these these citizens that stay in these neighborhoods about defunding the police, they're going to tell you no. Some of them may even tell you, hell no. I got I to gotta live here and deal with these fools. You, you're telling me you're taking the police out of the neighborhood? No. Much as a lot of people don't like them. If you notice when, when something happen, happens, <laughs> they dial 911 pretty quick. I think that defund the police thing is just a... a like I said, 
political catcalling. That's all that was. There's no way in the world. Uh, like I said, that's not a, a valuable, a, a viable option to defund the police. It just isn't. It just isn't. But they, like I said, this survey, they do it every seven years, looks like. Uh, I guess the data they gather, they do have some programs out here for those that are willing and able to participate. And that's another thing. You have to be willing to participate in this. There are programs out here for you. You just have to be willing to participate in it. You just do. And and this survey, um, like I said, I, I, I think it's a good idea. I, I really do, because it's, it is getting the community involved. And that's what that's what is needed. Community involvement to get rid of this this problem that we have in our communities. Uh, this 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 gang problem that we have here, because it is taking over the, the, the community. It just has. Uh, not. Not to the, the say you, you riding down the street and you see you ain't, you ain't even got to see the the little uh, shoes thrown over the power line thing. That, that's that's obsolete now. It, it seems like uh, any neighborhood can quickly turn into gang territory because I, I turned down the street one day. I, I had a traffic detour and I turned down the street and I never in a million years would have thought that was a, a, a gang territory because it was sitting back on a side street. Uh, maybe that's that's a criteria for it. But the neighborhood that I, that I was in, I just didn't think it was a gang territory. But I looked up and lo and behold, there goes those, there goes those damn shoes thrown over a power line. So anywhere could be a, a gang territory now. It, it's got to be done away with. We just do. I mean... Like I've always said, and, and well, it's 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 venturing out. Like I like I just said also, but like I always said that these the, the problems that exist in the black community are in the black community only, and it only, and it affects us wholeheartedly. So for those politicians to get on that bandwagon and say defund the police, you aren't you aren't staying in these neighborhoods. You just aren't. You're not staying in these neighborhoods. Your kids aren't in these neighborhoods. Your kids don't have to go to school in these neighborhoods. You're out somewhere on the outside of town, outskirts of town or out in the county. Of course, you're going to say defund the police. You don't have to deal with it. That's why I said that that defund the police was just something that that was a political, a political ploy, because it makes no sense. If you stay in these neighborhood neighborhoods and say defund the police, Uh, it's quite foolish to me. I have to be honest with you. There's no way in the world you can convince me otherwise. It's just not, just not. All right, let's move along here. Um, now, last month, there was a passage of the uh, uh, infrastructure bill with uh, uh, to the tune of $1.2 trillion. Now, this infrastructure bill included what, what is being touted as uh, President Biden's uh, biggest accomplishment thus far. Uh, the infrastructure bill included uh, funding for roads and bridges, much needed, uh, funding for broadband and energy usage and upgrades, much needed. Now, that broadband is, is mainly, for, of course, is, is for the rural areas. They don't have Internet access. And then, of course, there was also funding for job creation and training, much needed. Not going to dispute that. But with the passage of this bill, um, which was, like I said, was much needed and long overdue, it also shined a little light on President B- 
Biden's re-election also. How so, you ask? Also included in this bill was uh, $31 billion that was given to tribal governments and also $11 billion also. $11 billion also was given. So that's a total of $42 billion that was given to these uh, tribal governments of, of Native Americans. So why, you ask? Apparently, this is due to the large Native American population in Arizona. Now, thanks to the, the, the Native American population in Arizona and North Carolina also, they're saying he was able to carry the states and that's how he narrowly, but he beat President Trump. Now, in Arizona, they're saying thanks to the Navajo and uh, Ho Hopi tribes. I hope I'm saying that right. If not, I do apologize. So that's um, that's very interesting. But, however, nationally, more than what they're saying, uh, more than a third of the voting age Native Americans aren't registered to vote. In fact, the National Congress of American Indians estimates that's at 34%. It echoes that fact. And all this is based off of 2010 census data. Now, side note to this, which I found kind of odd and strange. The Census Bureau doesn't track turnouts of Native Americans as it does for other racial groups. In addition to Arizona and North Carolina also, there has been a nice size of the Native American population in the state of Georgia. Now, what they're attributing to uh, how the Democrats were able to take the st state of Georgia during this uh, Senate runoff back in January. Apparently, there's a there's a, a lot of Native Americans in Georgia that showed up and they voted. Hmm. So it looks like President Biden and his administration is seeing or knows the importance of the Native American vote, and he's going after it. Hey, you may be saying, well, it's too early. No, it's not. Because uh, the, the the actual his actual re-election for president is what, in 2024? And also uh, next year, we have those uh, midterms. So he, he's gotta get they gotta get these votes so they're going after the native americans now now some uh tribes they say lean towards the republican side but most native americans they're saying vote democrat nationally i guess that would be your, like your tribal leaders or what well, they're saying maybe republicans but as a whole uh, a lot of native americans they vote democratic now biden's not the first president to uh pursue that native american vote and, and, and use that vote, to, those votes to carry a state, President Clinton and uh, President Obama also. But it appears President Biden may have this market covered. He, with, the, with that money he's been giving to these tribes and, and, and tribal leaders and, and pushing forward. And, and he's also set up a, set up a, um, an, an integrity agency steering group of Native, Native American voting rights. He's started that in March. It's going after that Native American vote. He's getting it. Now, which, it, which is expected in a year's time, they're, they're expected to pr produce recommendations to increase Native American voting turnout and protecting their voting rights across 
state levels and all the barriers. Also, the vice president and the interior secretary met in July with tribal leaders to discuss the voting rights challenges that Native Americans face, i.e. the long distances to the poll. When when they stay out on these reservations, they're oftentimes out in the middle of uh, rural areas areas, and they can't um, they 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 can't they have to make a long walk or drive to get to the polling locations. And also they're saying the other barriers may be those uh IDs. I guess uh, a lot of them don't have those uh tribal ID identification cards. Not sure what, what that's about. But here's the, the long short of it for me, and it appears and, and I and I'm not knocking them, but this uh Vote voting, uh, this gathering votes uh, thing where they cater to these certain group of people for whatever because that their population can get them more votes. It's politics. Like I said, he he isn't the first president that has done this, but it appears if I if I recollect and think back, a lot of times a lot of presidents didn't even fathom the notion of of, of seeking. Native American votes. And it looks like what, you know, like they said, that he was able to carry Arizona and North Carolina due to the fact that Native Americans, hey, they vote Democrat. And and, and as far as the, the voting rights and the challenges they, they face with the uh, with them being on reservations and those tribal ID cards, I guess they're going to get put a handle, get a handle on that also. Get those votes out. I won't say prostituting or pepping for votes, but it does sound like what that's what's happening here. Sounds like he's pepping for pepping for votes, <laughs> if I could say that. I mean, he's giving out money left and right, and his administration is setting up task force and agencies to, to horn in on how they can get more of these votes or get more of these people to the poll. Like I said, we do have a midterm a midterm election coming up in uh, next year, and then the presidential election is in 2024. So yeah, he's trying to get those votes. Can't blame him. Can't knock him. I mean, it is politics. You get votes from where you can. I mean, if that now in the state of Arizona, which I gotta say, Arizona and Georgia and North Carolina, now these states are, are normally Republican-led states, meaning they have Republicans in the House and the Senate, and they, they control the House and the Senate. And then what they're saying is they they the Democrats know that they can't quite possibly can't carry these states just based off of the regular old Democrats that come out and vote, meaning the uh, black vote and, you know, some whites vote Democrats. So they're going to the Native Americans. If you've ever been on a reservation or seen a reservation or driven by a reservation, I think that's maybe that's what they're they're giving this money for um, the living conditions. Man, you wouldn't think it would be that bad still in 2021. But it is. And that's part of the voting barriers they're talking about. That's not voting barriers, but just barriers in life them being isolated and stuck out in the middle of nowhere. Then when an election comes up, not having, uh, not can't get to the polls. 
So uh, maybe that's, like I said, maybe that's where that money's going. Needs to be. Like I said, if you've ever been to a reservation or driven by one, it, it's pretty sad. And it's really sad to think in 2021, they're still, they still have to live like that. And they're still ostracized and criticized and ridiculed and jokes are made about them still. It, it, it's just sickening. But looks like uh, the Biden administration's uh, trying to get their vote. And they may have gotten it because the tribal leaders are saying, thank you. We've been long forgotten, not even thought about. And we want to, you know, they're thanking the Biden administration for coming out, stepping out and, and helping them out, giving them funds to change some things, helping them with their voting rights struggles also. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, hey. You get it when you get it, how you get it, get in where you fit in, however they say it. Get it how you live it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh it, it's just uh that was that was just amazing to me. It wasn't amazing, but it was very interesting because uh it's like those tribal tribal leaders say they had been forgotten and not even thought about. They just have. Well, that's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. <laughs>